0: There is no alternative conclusion other than that the Russian state was culpable for the attempted
1: murder of Mr. Skripal and his daughter. The United Kingdom will now expel 23 Russian diplomats who have been identified as undeclared intelligence officers. They have just one week to leave.
2: That's Prime Minister Theresa May of Great Britain uh, with what passes for strong talk in the modern world. And uh, that's supposed to do something. I don't think it will do anything. I think Putin laughs at that sort of thing. Well, oh, you
1: expelled my diplomats. Oh. Let's ask our learned guest, Edward Lucas, who uh, formerly senior editor at The Economist, now senior vice president at the Center for European Policy Analysis, also a writer and consultant specializing in European transatlantic security. Mr. Lucas, how are you, sir? Well, good morning. Great to be on the show. Uh, thank you. Um, so, uh, Jack characterized the uh, response by uh, Theresa May as, as somewhat uh, less than, than devastating. Would you agree, or how do you assess it?
0: Well, I think it's a fine first step, but I'm very troubled if there isn't any more to follow it up. I think booting out 23 Russian intelligence officers is a good symbolic step. It'll have some practical effect. Af- Effect. But what we really need to do is to go after the Achilles heel of the Putin regime, which is its vast assets in the West. The way they use our financial system and our real estate market to launder the colossal amounts of money which they steal from the people of Russia. That would really scare him.
1: Well, uh, uh, yeah, I've been shocked uh, to hear how many uh, notable London assets from uh, football teams, as you would call them, uh, to, to high-profile real estate are owned by Russian oligarchs.
0: Yes, absolutely. And we—I mean, obviously, rich people who've made their money honestly can spend it however they want. Um, but what really troubles me is that people who have um, supposedly only been earning their salaries—politicians or officials—are um, uh, buying high-end real estate, and also that so much of the um, profits of Russian industry is laundered through the city of London, not. Going through the normal route of paying taxes, but with weird intermediary companies that skim off the money and send it via all sorts of offshore until it ends up in the safety of a, of, of a Western bank. And, and that's quite wrong. It's bad for us. It's bad for the people of Russia. And we should be cracking down on it independently of whether Mr. Skripal was poisoned by the Kremlin or by flying saucers or, as the Kremlin claims, by MI6 or someone like that.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, well, OK, well, you know, Putin obviously uh, poisoned these people, but he's been doing bad stuff for a long time, invading countries, messing with people's elections, poisoning people wherever he feels. Why hasn't the rest of the world done some of the things that you were just talking about? Why why aren't we getting um, tougher with them?
0: I think it's always a question of priorities. And so the Obama administration um, would agree privately that Putin was a very bad guy and do very bad things. But they said they had to put terrorism first and they were worried about China and Asia and so on. The George Bush administration before that. Um, agreed that Putin was a pretty bad guy, that they had other priorities in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, So I think Russia has has not been on the sort of top one or two problems that people really devote time to worrying about and willing to make um, serious economic sacrifices and take risks in order to deal with. And I fear that this latest poisoning in the end is just a bump in the road that people want to get back, will eventually want to get back to business as usual. And I'm very struck by the lack of actions from our allies. I was hoping that we would see our NATO and EU allies following suit and also booting out some Russian spies Disguised, disguised as diplomats. That would have sent quite a strong message, and I think I fear the conclusion that Putin comes to is that Britain is weak and isolated, and that will, of course, encourage him to carry on doing more of this stuff.
1: Edward Lucas is a writer and consultant specializing in European and transatlantic security. He's talking to us from London. Uh, I've heard that uh, Germany's going right ahead with a massive pipeline project that would, A, enrich Putin, and B, make Germany more dependent on Russian energy. It it seems to me a great way, if you really want to squeeze Putin, is to to, to cancel projects like that or at least threaten it.
0: Yes, absolutely. And there's this Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which doubles up an existing natural gas pipeline from that goes direct from Russia to Germany, um, <coughs> is not only a very lucrative construction project, but it also is very bad for um, Ukraine, which is the source of a lot of transit gas at the moment. Ukraine will be cut off, and it'll be a lot easier to um, push Ukraine around. Um, so that's one thing we should do. I think we should also just be practicing financial sort of military exercises where we see how many Russian assets we can seize and freeze in the course of 24 hours or 48 hours or 72 hours. And we should be announcing that. We say we just did an exercise and guess what? We were able to seize $120 billion of Russian money. That's the sort of thing that would really frighten Putin from taking um, steps like this future. And I think we could also do a bit more with hacking and leaking, which he did so spectacularly um, against the um, American electoral system. And wouldn't it be great if we could get the credit card details of the top thousand people in Russia and just publish all their spending over the last couple of years? That Give them some serious explaining to do. So there's plenty we can do. It's just do we have the political will actually to do it? I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. I can't
1: wait to read more of what you've written. That's terrific. Uh, is it fair to characterize what happened in London, the poisoning of the spy and his daughter, the injuring of uh, the police officer? That was a chemical attack on British soil. Now granted, it wasn't you know nerve gas that that covered blocks and there are hundreds of casualties, but that was a chemical attack.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. That was a chemical weapons attack carried out on British soil, which endangered the lives of dozens of people. You know, we have many people, um, some, some reports say 30, some say more, who needed hospital treatment as a result of this, and it's a poison that can leave, leave some neurological damage. It was absolutely brazen, absolutely reckless, against, like who wasn't a defector, someone who the Russians already pardoned, who served some jail time in, in Russia and was then swapped with some spies that you guys caught. Um, but uh, we got 10 people like that and we got four people out of Russia one of them was was, was Mr. skripal so I think it's, it's a really deliberately audacious move this is like a guy going into a bar and tipping over your beer and then saying now what are you going to do about it And we are not. I I, I fear that unless we see some stronger responses in the British government, we're not. We're not. um, We're not responding to this in the appropriate way.
1: Well, I would chest up to that man and I say I have some some serious half measures. I'm gonna unleash on you and a strong statement, sir. We'll see if that would back him up.
0: Yeah, I think you should buy not only new beer for you, but he should buy beer for everybody else in the bar. You know,
1: bastard. Edward (laughs) Lucas. Yes, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah no no I mean I mean yeah, Putin is I think that yeah, it is not a new thing with Russia but it's been I think goes back to
1: the day of law. All right. Oh we're losing him. If you could uh, put Mister Lucas on hold and explain what happened, he's the, the senior vice president Center for Europe Peace and re- <clears throat> the CEPA. But you know, but so
2: that that's a pretty decent analogy right there, or or whatever. Yeah. So so some uh, DH uh, knocks your bear over and says, what are you going to do about it? And then you know if you're Beyond a certain age and and, and and level of sobriety, you know, you you weigh the situation. And you quite possibly think, you know, you're a young, drunk, angry, wants-to-fight guy. Right. Um, I don't want to deal with that no matter what, and so I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to
1: pocket an amusing tale of a real a-hole and walk away. That's right. fine. and uh, And
2: that's what a lot of people would do and that's what we're doing that's what the world is doing with russia you know we got right. other things to worry about you're 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 a dh right <laughs> you're one fight guy but it's not we're not going to deal with it right now
1: the the only problem with the analogy being that putin is stone cold sober and has serious purposes in his mind and he's trying over and over again to see just how far he can push and i tell you what if employing a, a a fairly widespread nerve agent i mean compared to like when uh, old uh, kim jong fat snuffed his half brother there in the airport you got a, some sort of a, a drug on a cloth you put it over the guy's face he's dead um, that's a pretty directed attack there's you know there's a chance but there wasn't a great chance anybody else would get injured you're gassing somebody in a pub and a cop is hurt, and several, and, and dozens of people have to go to a hospital, et cetera, et cetera. That is effing brazen. That's amazing. And if that is uh, being greeted by half measures and, and strong statements and the temporary ejection of a couple of dozen diplomats, Putin's uh, put, uh, jotting that down the ledger. Well, God, He's thinking, I, okay, what's next? I, I grew
2: up in a world reading about how chemical attacks were, a, you know, a thing of World War One, and. And World War Two and never again. And that's just something the world won't tolerate. Well, in recent years, it's happened a lot Mm. on the battlefield in private situations like this. And the world is not reacting.
1: I think the, you know, the the it it seems pretty normalized at this point. Yeah. You know, through the years, some of you have thought that I, we are a little cynical about the United Nations, et cetera, et cetera, or, or. You know, countries pursuing their own interests. You think the United States is the only country that does that. We should be ashamed and join the world community, blah, blah, blah. You cannot possibly be cynical enough if you spent your entire life working on it about international relations. You've got genocides going on. You have holocausts going on. You have poison gas attacks. Torture and abductions and and hashtag bring our back our girls and the rest of it it's going on all the time. I don't. I'm not. I don't mean to bring anybody down or anything, but flowery speeches ain't worth squat. Nope. Action. That's what we need. Action. Cancel the pipeline. Say you know what? We're going to buy our natural gas from the United States at twice the price. They'll ship it over. F you, Putin. Good luck. What are you going to do now, tough guy? But they don't mean it. So Toys R Us is going out of business.
2: You won't be returning anything there. But how about like at Best Buy and other stores and their return policies? Interesting new wrinkle in that. As uh, some of you scumbags have ruined those policies. They got a new way of handling it. Mm. It's kind of interesting. We should talk a little bit about Toys R Us. World's biggest toy retailer just a couple of years ago. Completely out of business now. That's how fast the world is changing. Wow. Hold on. Grab the reins. Who knows what's coming next? I'm grabbing them. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Netflix
3: is reportedly in the early stages of developing a news show And let me be the first to say No! (laughs) Netflix is where I go to get away from the news It's my oasis, my safe haven News on Netflix would be like finding a dead rat in your jacuzzi I just want to go there, watch two and a half episodes Of some weird Danish detective show and fall asleep
1: (laughs) That's pretty good That is pretty good (laughs) Uh, by the way, we mentioned earlier that uh, the president met Melania while his date was in the bathroom. And uh, we got an email suggestion for another slogan. If you're urinating, we ain't mating. So thank you for that cleverness. We got uh, if you go to the loo, I'm through with you <laughs> for the British version. <laughs> That's right. The British version. So I, I got this thing going lately that I'm I'm changing up my routine a lot whenever I can. And this seems silly, but if I'm going somewhere I go a lot, I'm intentionally taking a different route. And the other day, I was at the dentist. No cavities, Mom! Um, and it got Are you going to give us the reason for that, or is that coming? I don't know. Okay. I, it just seems like the thing to do. Okay. Do you, you don't have Part a reason for it? Well, I, the the... Uh, well, I have a direct and indirect reason. The direct reason is that there are certain routes I take all the time, and I'm sick and tired of those roads. Wow. I'm just tired of it. Hmm. And uh, But the other reason is, you know, I, I read a long time ago that it's just a good exercise to do things differently, and shake things up a little bit, to get out of your comfort zone, blah, blah, blah. And so I've been doing that. And, and so when I was coming home from the dentist, I normally just go Zoom right to the highway, the quickest way to the interstate. But I decided, you know what? I, I looked at my navigation system and I realized, you know, I can go surface streets parallel to the freeway and join up like three exits down down the way. And so I did that, and I hadn't realized that between the dentist office and that exit is the hood. It's it's a pretty hoodie hood, um, and and it was interesting. It's uh, not where my people generally hang out. Uh, my people being doughy, white suburbanites who play a lot of golf, um, and so I was driving through there, and I realized, hey, I really need some gas, and so I stopped at the gas station, and uh, and and I'm I'm gassing up, and I should tell you now, I am driving the White Whale, the 09 uh, big uh, old uh, guy luxury car that I bought used, and I think twenty twelve, and Declan drove for a couple of years, and but then I I got it back, so anyway, I'm driving that. And, uh, and I stop for gas, and, and I'm gassing up the car, and right in front of me is a, a black lady who is gassing up, or about to gas up, her car of the same brand, which I hadn't noticed. So I'm gassing up the car, minding my own business. she you got says, a couple of keys back-to-back back at the gas station. Exactly. And she's, she says to me, which one of these should I use that won't make the car shake? And first, I had to comprehend she was talking to me. And I said, I'm sorry, what? She says, Which of these do I use so the car won't shake? And I deduced she meant, you know, what octane gas? She says, Because I see we got the same thing. And. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. And so I went over, and I said, you know, it usually says so, like, on the door or the gas cap, if you need premium gas. She
2: went with the car shaking thing. Is that, is, is that a thing? Does your car shake if n- you put no, the wrong no, gas in? <laughs> uh, that's all
1: I could think of it is she meant, like, knocking, like oh, the engine running poorly. Gotcha. And so um, I went over. I said, no, it usually I don't think you need premium because it doesn't say so on the door, blah, blah. And she says, well, yeah, but I really don't want the car to shake. I said, "Well, bump up to the the, the middle octane. It uh, just cost you a few cents, right? You know, so, okay, thanks." And so I go back to my car. Um, that's, that's fine. I mean, it's a little surprising. And then a guy, I notice a guy is wandering over at me, and he says, "He says, what year's this?" And uh, and he engages me about how long these cars run, and he's got it. He happens to have an '08, and I got an '09. We talked about, it. and I found myself thinking. And it especially became clear as I drove away, still through the hood and saw all these people like on their front porches or leaning over the fence, got their elbows on the fence, blah, blah, blah. And everybody's engaging with people in a way that does not happen at like an upscale suburban gas station. Everybody keeps to themselves. And so after I'm engaged in conversation, how long does it take to fill up a car? Not very long. I got two people wandering over who want to chat about something. And uh, and at first, I was like, especially when the dude came over, I thought, all right. All right, I've heard of this scam. This reminds me of being at a Mexican gas station where they were trying to rip me off. And I glance into my car. Is my phone still there? Is there another guy? But there's another guy working his way around the car, right? <laughs> oh, man. And then, but No, no it was just a dude who wanted to wander over and pass the time of day. And then I drive away and see all these people. And I'm thinking, I'm missing that. Because I grew up in that kind of neighborhood where you know people are hanging out and they know their neighbors and everybody's chatting with everybody else and leaning over the fence and the back fence and, and and the rest of it and uh i don't i don't know exactly how to address it but i realized how much i miss it just watching the people and you know maybe it's that they got no money so they i don't know they don't have any good cable channels they don't have netflix with the new news show that nobody wants um i but i, I realized there's something happening there that's not happening where i live and and i miss it and so I don't I'm gonna try to seek it out some. I don't know if I'm gonna like go to a lot of gas stations in the hood. I don't think that'd end well, a guy like me. Maybe it would, I don't know. Maybe you'd make a friend for life. Oh, and the other thing is there was a gal barbecuing chicken. At the gas station. Awesome. Oh, my God. How close to the pumps was she barbecuing? Not, not dangerously close. Was <laughs> she using the pumps to start the coals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's over yonder by the dumpster. By the dumpster. Yeah. Awesome. Well, kind of over by the side of the store. Okay. I thought, man, I want to live in a hood where you got people barbecuing chicken at the gas station. Yeah. This is great. We- people want to talk about cars and what octane will make the car shake and the rest of it. <laughs>
2: We there. There's a one park that I take the kids to sometimes, or used to, and it's uh, all. It's a Hispanic neighborhood, and that park is always full of people on the weekends, actually using the grills to cook, right? And playing frisbee and catch and stuff like that. And then the the parks in the more upscale neighborhoods where I go, there's never
1: anybody there at all. Right, right. I th- there's something about affluence and isolation in America, and. And pulling inward and cable TV and something.
3: More on that later. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Washington Wire's buzzing about a shakeup in the Trump administration with top jobs at the White House on the line. Awesome. Stay
2: tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Game's over for Toys R Us. That's a good headline. No, it's huh? not. Huh? No. Huh?
1: No. We're Closed thi- R Us. We're think- I like
2: mine. We're thinking we got a late night <laughs> joke off coming tomorrow. Yeah. All the comics yeah. are going to make a joke about Toys R Us going yeah, out of business. That's one toy
3: story that ends badly. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. There.
1: <laughs> and I like that, too. For the final time, it should be Toys R We. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm Joe Getty. Let's get
2: the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, i got
3: to tell you, a lot of news outlets are uh, reporting this morning, a lot of speculation, as they say. Rex Tillerson may be just the first to go. Oh, no! When he was talking about Tillerson's dismissal, President Trump indicated there could be more changes ahead. I'm really at a point where we're getting very close to having the cabinet and other things that I want. number of media sources this morning reporting National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster could be the next to go in a number of days. Is that based on anything? I
2: heard though, a
1: because... different list on a different channel. <laughs> right, right, Is that based
2: on anything? Because we've had all kinds of yes. reports like this since Trump uh, was announced. So, and, whatever. And these reports say
3: former Bush advisor and frequent Fox contributor John Bolton is waiting in the wings to
1: replace McMaster. Yeah, listen, I agree with John Bolton a lot. But McMaster out, Bolton in. I'm not getting sucked into this. Mm. If it happens, I will talk oh, about it. Oh, Jack. Bit, but then <laughs> if, you'll be behind behind I, the curve. If it happens,
2: I will talk about it. But yeah. there's as good a chance it won't happen as it will. Because, so, I mean, we could have talked about who was going to replace Jeff Sessions or Tillerson right. five different times before he actually right. left. Meanwhile, the
3: president is turning to TV for his next hire. A veteran news commentator is going to be President Trump's new chief economic advisor. Trump tweeting this morning, the president saying CNBC's Larry Kudrow will be his chief economic advisor. Trump adding, our country will have many years of great economic and financial success. With low taxes, unparalleled innovation, fair trade, and an ever-expanding labor force oh, leading the way, mega, mega.
2: If he ends up with a cabinet that's all cable news people, though, that will be uh, that will be something. Eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's all people that show up on television shows.
1: <laughs> Senator Rand Paul certainly. Oh, against... I heard uh, Kudlow is going to uh, may have trouble with the comps from uh, for his security clearance because he had a blow habit. He was a uh, he was a big uh, blow monkey. And a fan of the sauce as well. He's drinking and coking up. He's been sober for 23 years. So somebody explain to me how they're going to blackmail him. Because it's always about blackmail. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, Yeah. That's, that's most of the problem security clearance-wise. Hmm. Um, I don't know. That guy's been sober for 23 years. If, if he did something insane, you know, back in the 90s? Um, well, he was coked up, I don't know, bygones, right? right.
2: The interesting con- confirmation uh, situations are going to be with uh, the new Secretary of State and the new CIA director now that Rand Paul's come out and said he's going to oppose them both. Yes, and boy, I'll
3: tell you, Rand Paul does not like uh, Mike Pompeo, nor does he like the Deputy CIA Director Gina Haspel. Why? Well, Paul explains that Pompeo doesn't think that enhanced interrogation techniques amount to torture, and he notes that Haspel is a veteran CIA operative and accused her. If you read her quotes when she was present during waterboarding, she was gleeful at the waterboarding and was sort of, you know, gloating at the fact that the guy's acting as he's struggling to breathe
2: and drowning in, in fluid. She was- I hope.
1: I hope Pompeo and Haspel don't grab Rand Paul and waterboard him behind the scenes in the Senate. She
2: was gleeful at the waterboarding. So was she there as they were dra- playing the drowning game, like high-fiving people? And, oh, yeah? Hey,
1: that sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> Pour more water on him! Right. Um, right. How are you enjoying your swim, collade? So so
2: Rand said he won't vote, and he said yep. McCain will be a no vote yep. if McCain's healthy enough to vote. Well, that, that, dooms,
1: that dooms you right there, if all the Democrats oppose. I don't think you can assume that'll be the case, but... Uh, I think there will be quite a few no votes on the Democrat
3: side. And a store that millions of kids across the U.S. have grown up with is going out of business. Some are going to miss Toys R Us, but others are saying good riddance. There has been nothing in there that you needed, and the prices are ridiculous. God's oh, sake. Come on. My God, come on. Bring my kids in
0: and the joy on their face. So yeah. you don't get that in an online environment.
1: A moron on the street interview. <laughs> Toys R Us. There's nothing in there that they need. We
2: all know that. We all oh, that know that. that great. That there's nothing. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: Oh, um, you sound like fun at a party, baby. <laughs> Put on your party dress.
2: So it's a, I don't know which generation it was the big deal for, but it was uh, after I was a kid and yeah. before my kids were young, because neither one of my kids have ever been in a Toys R Us. It was huge for, for right. me and my friends. Right, right now, uh, um, man, I
1: spent many a uh, many a moment in the Toys R Us while I was raising my kids. i would be
2: they were the biggest toy retailer on right. the planet, and now they're going out of business. Right. And I was looking at the list. Uh, Amazon's number one, obviously, but Walmart's right behind Amazon. Walmart and Target are our toy stores. They got freaking everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but geez, that that, that it. Th- there's never been a time where things could change this fast. Where you could come be-, be the number one seller of something in the world, and, and a couple years later, you just yeah. can't even stay in business. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's not the way it happened 50 years ago. You were you were set for decades to come. It would be a long, slow, Declined. change decline yeah. if you oh,
3: were going to go to bed. Yeah. yeah. You know. Just 24 hours after apologizing for suffocating a puppy on one of their flights, United Airlines is having to offer another vehicle. United sucks! I've
2: been saying it for
3: years! Oh, oh,
1: careful now! You
2: beat people's faces against the the chairs (laughs) until
1: they bleed? Now you suffocate puppies, you bunch of puppy suffocators! It's tough to come up with something worse than suffocating puppies.
2: I'm so happy anytime there's
1: a bad United story because I hate
2: them so deeply. Unless
1: they start throwing children out the emergency exits in flight, this has got to be the bottom for you, United.
2: A family moving from Oregon
3: to Kansas decided that they were going to fly, and so they took their German shepherd, Ergo, along, though he had to fly in the cargo hold. The Swindle family was shocked when they turned up at the United Cargo facility when they arrived. And instead, we're given a Great Dane. They
0: showed me the kennel. And the minute I said, ergo,
2: up pops this Great Dane. And not my dog. And it, is, it has already been a whirlwind of an adventure for moving. So I instantly burst into tears, just wondering where my dog was. Well, Ergo... That's a
1: perfectly good dog. Quit complaining and take it home.
3: <laughs> Turns out Ergo was in the air. He was being flown to Japan.
1: Oh, <laughs> my. And he doesn't even speak Japanese.
3: No. She says, Kara Swindle says, he's a 10-year-old dog. I don't know if he can survive the flight. Yeah, well, I'm going to find out later today. United's promising to send the pooch back to his humans. They're flying him back first
1: class. And apologizing all first class on United includes oxygen. Yes,
2: they won't beat your face on the armrest until you bleed in first class. (laughs) Right, right.
3: By the way, sidebar: United leads the way when it comes to dead pets on airplanes in 2017. United United's evil.
2: I'm telling you, United is
3: evil. In, Strong stuff. In 20, they have lawyers. In 2017, they were involved with 18 of 24
1: reported deaths of pets. Wow, only so 24 they were responsible for three quarters of the pet deaths. Oh my I goodness! Keep that in mind.
2: Yikes!
1: There you go.
3: That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty showed the conscience of the nation.
2: I would pay quite a bit more to go to the same place to fly a different airline if United's available cheaper. Mm. I hate United that much.
1: Ergo is a, a bit of a pretentious name for a dog. I kind of like it because I'm a little pretentious. It but is. It is pretty pretentious. Your yeah.
2: dog Ergo that has to fly with you on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Pro- I'm probably not liking you. Uh, 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 I don't want your dog to suffocate. Barkito
1: but, uh, Ergo sum. I bark therefore I am. Yeah. <laughs> that's your That's your Latin humor for the day, everybody. I know a lot of young people especially enjoy the Latin humor. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh,
2: so we do have a late night joke off on what topic? Uh, this was Tillerson getting fired. Okay, nah. so everybody took a swing at that, and Joe will, Joe will grade them coming
1: up. And remember, whoever finishes last is banned for life <laughs> from the industry.
2: Which <laughs> is a heck of a thing. Um, yeah. There's nothing in there children really need. Oh,
1: God. Wow. Yeah, we know. Hey. Hey, why don't you go take a flight on United, huh? Do you, hear I, do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, wow. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Do the late night joke off now and then when there's a big story and uh, a whole bunch of the comedians on the late night
1: shows take a swing at it and you... who joked it best? And then the only limitation on the First Amendment, I want, I want the right to ban people from making jokes for life. <laughs> so the lowest rated humorist will be banned. Um, what's the topic? Tillerson getting sacked. Right. Cool.
2: Thank you to Rex Tillerson
1: for his service. Gina Haspel will become the new director of the CIA and the first woman so chosen. Congratulations to all. I guess including Rex. Congratulations. That's how we found out from a tweet. Donald Trump spent more time firing Little John than he did firing the Secretary of State.
3: Today, President Trump announced on Twitter that he fired Secretary of State Rex Tillerson.
2: People said, can you believe he was so disrespectful to a Secretary of State? Then Hillary Clinton said, yes, actually, I, I can. Today, President Trump, get this, he fired Secretary of State Rex Tillerson on Twitter. <laughs> he fired him on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it makes sense when you consider that Trump hired Tillerson on Tinder. That's how they met it. <laughs>
0: Here's the craziest part. Initial
2: reports said that Rex Tillerson found out he was fired over Twitter. <laughs> because apparently a Snapchat story just wasn't presidential enough.
1: What could be worse than learning you got fired from your boss's tweet? Oh, maybe seeing that 86,000 people liked it. Wow. wow. That number went up. Number going I lost up. my job, but I am hashtag trending. <laughs> wow. This is unprecedented. <laughs> Those all pretty good five jokes were a music, yeah, Kimmel with a b Fallon b minus conan a minus. Corden A minus, but a full grade deducted for being a foreigner, <laughs> <laughs> because we don't need foreigners coming into this country taking our human jobs. We're taking our human jobs. We're taking our human jobs.
2: The the foreigner deduction really hurts him in this competition a lot.
1: And Colbert, and nobody's more shocked than me. He got an A. Mm. That was pretty amusing. So uh, Corden banned for life, <laughs> merely. <laughs> For being a foreign national. <laughs> Wait a minute. He got an A-minus, so he tied Fallon, so I don't
2: know. Um, <laughs> so I was uh, traveling for 24 hours, and I saw this headline, but I didn't see the result. They were going to release, a judge ordered the video released from inside the school from that school shooting. Did it come out? or people so yeah. you haven't seen, because I, no. I thought, as soon as I thought that, I thought, oh my God, am I going to see this in a loop on cable news? I haven't seen that yet. Okay. No. Well, then somehow it must not have hit the media somehow yet. I assume it's going to. Oh, nobody needs to see no, that. I understand, I understand legally why it comes out, and because there's no restraint in our modern, modern media, it, it will then be aired. I guess I understand because it's, you know, well, it's because our police force, and we want to know what they're doing, and yeah. Right, it's yeah. a government building, and all these different reasons. Right, right. But uh, who who wants to see that? Well, it's, if you're uh, if you want stricter gun control, you might want it out.
1: What really bothers me about this is that universally, across the aisle, in the wake of the Florida shooting, everybody was saying. How in the world could we get so many warning signs about this kid and not take action? Everybody wanted to know that. The question has been answered definitively and in detail because there were programs, policies in place seeking not to arrest kids because the stats looked bad. We got to end the school to prison pipeline. And they went to extraordinary lengths in Broward County, especially to not turn student problems into law problems to the point of absurdity, to the point of bizarre behavior by law enforcement. That's... Don't you want to know? You said you wanted to know. But there's no attention being paid to that. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's inconvenient. It doesn't fit the narrative for the liberal media, for one thing. And if you want to talk about guns and background checks and and, um, um, ammunition magazines and the rest of it, I'm 100% willing to talk about that with y'all. But you you asked the question. Don't you want to talk about that? If there's a kid in your school district who continually makes threats, who's known to be disturbed, who talks about guns, etc., etc., are you okay with the principal of your school and the chief of police saying, look, the one thing we can't do is fill out any reports on this kid. All right, everybody, let's keep it. Are you cool with that? No, of course you're not. I don't know.
2: And then when, where did that warning to the FBI go? They just there's just no response on that.
1: So. that again, that was a universally asked question from Nancy Pelosi to, to 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 you know Rand Paul. Everybody wanted to know. From Donald Trump to Elizabeth Warren, everybody wanted to know that. From me to you. Where's that answer? What the hell happened? It's it's not you know like a a taco stand at noon where everybody's running around as fast as they can slapping questionable meat on tortillas <laughs> and nobody's a hundred percent sure who's doing what. It's the FBI. They have they get that there's a process. Tell me what happened with the process. No, we don't get to know. Oh, I'm telling you, it's enough to make you nuts. Well, we
2: I guess do we get the media we deserve? I don't know, but I guess we're we're only. We're only capable of focusing on one story at a time and only on one question in a story at a time.
1: Right. It would seem. Yeah. Why don't we have a checklist, the six questions from this? I I suppose we could have it, but I don't know. Um, I'm sure we could find... Four, five, six aspects of school shootings that everybody agrees. Wow, yeah, that's a really good question. We ought to nail that down. And every damn day, come together on uh, the news or a politician or, I don't know, somebody, maybe me, um, says, all right, here's where we are on the six questions. And when, you know, for instance, now, what are we? We're like 31 days out. It's a month and a day. The 31st time you hear, question number four, what happened with the tips to the FBI? Still no response. People would start to get pissed, but we don't get that from our major news media. How much time have I got, Michael? One minute. So remember the
2: story last week about L.L. Bean, who for over 100 years had had a uh, lifetime policy, uh, a lifetime guarantee policy on their stuff? Yeah, their duck boots. And then people started like buying old worn out ones at uh, yard sales and sending them in for a new pair and stuff like that. And so they had to do away with their lifetime policy. And other Costco and places like that have had to change their policies. Well, now there's a third party out there that Best Buy and a lot of retailers are going to use. And so if you return something, it goes into a database. And so maybe you bought something at Costco and returned it. You go to use Best Buy's return policy mm. next year. And they might say, we see here you returned something. So you've you, you've used up your number of returns you get. Ser- identifying serial returners. Yeah, yeah. which I, I think that's perfect. Yeah. So the normal people like me who are never going to abuse that can still have that policy. Right. Right. Seems yeah. like a good idea. Yeah, I like it. Yeah.
1: <sighs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.